Okay, let's begin. We're up to page 580. We are up to the second paragraph in how to establish a calendar. Something, there's one very funny line here. We'll come to the end. It's very, very funny. Okay, so last week we went through the, the Moilad. The Moilad, the month is 29 days plus 12 hours and 793 chalak. Each is 3 and one third seconds. Now that we know how long a month is, now we let's look at the bigger picture of the year. There are 12 months in a year, and let's figure out let's how to make a calendar. So, Darke Hakivius, Tsar how do we establish all of the months of the year? Tsar here's the first principle. All of the months of the year follow a very simple pattern. Every, we alternate. One month is 29 days, and the next month is 30. 29, 30, 29, 30, just like in the secular calendar, we also alternate. There are two variables. What are the two variable months? Cheshwain and Kislev. Chutz, me Cheshwain, me Kislev. That's why in Hanukkah, sometimes let's say Hanukkah can end on the, on the second day of Teves, and sometimes Hanukkah can end on the third day of Teves. All depends on if Chodesh Kislev is Mole or Choseh. Chutz Cheshwain, except for Cheshwain. I'll tell you, maybe we'll tell you a word about that in a moment. Chutz mi Cheshwain, the Kislev. Shepa'amim Sheshneyem Malayim. Sometimes they're both Malayim. Both these months are Malayim. They're both 30 days. The Oz, Yeh, Kislev, Viteve, Shneyamim, Rosh Chodesh. Vitsikore Hashana Shalema. If both months of Kislev and Teves both have 30 days, then it's called the Shana Shalema. Vimashnaim Chaserim. Let's say both months are Chaser. Tikore Hashana Chaserim. If one month is mole, one is chaser. That's called the regular year of kisidron. Now, why would it happen that sometimes we have we have a year shalem? Kislev and Teves are 31 days. Sometimes the year is chaser. Because of pushing. That's what it means literally. And what does that mean? We have to sometimes pair the year for different reasons. And the primary reason, what did we say? We learned this a few weeks, about a week, two weeks ago. What's the primary reason? There are two things. Hashanah Rabbah can never come out on a Shabbos. That is critical because it will be mavatal, the minig of Arava, the minig of banging the Arava on the ground. So you're not allowed to do that. And we learned what's so terrible to take the Arava on Shabbos, what's so terrible? We're not afraid of being Mavid al Ramas, Bereshusam is only a minute. Being Mavid al Ramas, Bereshusam is only a problem when it comes to a mitzvah der Isa. He may come to the Rebbe, how do I blow a shoifer? How do I take the Dalad Minim? But when it comes to banging and I rub on the ground, there's nothing to learn, there's nothing to do, there's no big deal. So why don't we bang the rub on the ground on Shabbos? It would be so terrible it's to review. So we had two reasons. One was something very bizarre, toilish. That's what it says in the morning. I've got to say that. And what did everyone jump? It's not Talisha. It's not Mechubal Karaka. It's detached from the ground. That rub is not attached to the ground. So we gave two answers. One was, it's a Gezerah. Once we'll allow people to start banging their rub and the leaves will start coming off, they might come to start, this might, might come, come lax in the Indian of pulling things off a tree on Shabbos. Or, this was fascinating, who says that we're doing the minute the right way? Who says the mitzvah rava is to bang an arava that's detached from the ground? 
maybe the proper way to bang the arava on a shanaraba is to bang an arava that's attached to the ground. You go to your backyard where the arava is, and you you bang and you bang a living arava, not a dead arava. Who says we're doing it the right way? Okay, but that's but the ikatan the Mishnah gave was because when you bang arava, you cry. It's an unbelievable insight. You're supposed to cry. You're supposed to come to tears. And on Shabbos, it's not the right thing to cry over your parnasa on Shabbos. So therefore, it stares, banging the arava will stare the simchas Shabbos. And Mela, we cannot have the banging of arava on Shabbos Kodesh. And therefore, we have to push it back the day before. I think that it's a minhog. A minhag is very delicate. It's not like when it comes to lulav and esrog and shoifer, where if we don't do it one year, no big deal. Next year we will remember. Listen to Torah. If you don't do a minhag one year, who knows? You may forget to ever do it ever again. So therefore, you don't want to be mavatul a minhag even one year. Minhag is more chomor than a dindaraisa. Dindaraisa, you're not going to forget about. We won't do it this year. We'll do it next year, two years from now. Can you have Shabbos two years in a row? Can you have Shabbos two years in a row? If a sukkah, first day sukkahs? Probably can have, right? Two, can you imagine two years in a row? You don't, you don't... The midst of the rise of Dalaminim is on as the first day. Two years in a row. You don't, you don't take Dalaminim. You don't take Unbelievable. We're not worried about it. What? <laughs> Price gash. <laughs> We're not worried about it. But a minute. Chas v'shalom to the mavatil and minig even one year, and being that it's tchinus v'avakoshos, you don't do it on Shabbos. So if that's the number one, was the other critical reason, the other, 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 only other factor in determining the holiday, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur cannot come out on a Sunday or a Friday. We do not want to have two days of bittul molisa derayisa deraisa back to back. That's a no-no. We cannot. We never have such a thing. Even 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 is so really mikvadim is yom tefrisha the yom of sheni two days sick of the yoma. But but that chazal therefore everything is once we have those two things in play the whole calendar takes on a whole new pattern. That's what we learned before. Now let's go back over here. So over here because then why? So we know over here we have a cycle. The cycle is mole chaser mole chaser, and then there are two variable months. Kislev and Teves. And sometimes they're both Mole, sometimes they're both Chaser, sometimes it's Mole Vachaser. Why? What is the factor which determines the three different options? Because of pushing off days, as we described, because of Yom Kippur and Hashanah Rabbah. Therefore, now he makes the calculation, very interesting calculations. So therefore, if you want to make a calendar and you don't have a Luach, so this is what you got to do. First thing is you got to go look at this year and next year. Look, when is the Moilat? You have to know, well, this year on Tishrei, when exactly is the moment of the Moilat? When is the earth, the moon, in between the sun and the earth? Now, we know, we learned, the, we learned, we learned um, above last week, the first paragraph, the complex paragraph, Moilat is 29 days, 12 hours, 792 chalakim. So go and make a calculation 12 months. Right? So let's say the Moilat for Tishrei is going to be exactly on a Sunday at Bidiuk, 12 o'clock. So let's now just add 29 days, 12 hours, and 793 chalakim. 
Then from that point, let's go eat another 29 days, 12 hours, and 792 halakim. And let's do this how many times? 12 times. And then after we do this 12 times, we're going to come to a point, a point in time. Now let's analyze that point in time relative to our starting point in time from when we start making the calculation. We will discover that it's going to be the Hayisrain, who, Lashon Abshuta, in a regular year, a year which means that it's not an Ibiyar, they're only 12 months, not 30 months, it's going to be four days later, Dalit, Ches, eight hours, four days, four, four times 24 plus 8 hours, and tov tov ayin vav, 876 chalakim, chalakim, 876 out of 1080 chalakim, chamisha yomim, v'eshem v'echas, what I say, arba yomim v'shmoyne shos, v'shmoyne meos, v'shmoyne meos, v'shivim v'shisha chalakim, later in the week. So after everything is said and done, if we're going to start on a Sunday, so the next Rosh Hashanah will be four days later, it will be on a Wednesday. And if wherever we start from, it's going to be eight hours. So if it was exactly the beginning, if it was exactly the beginning of Sunday, it's then going to be on a Wednesday at eight o'clock and eight hundred and seventy-six chalakim. And if this year is a year that has 13 months, Ulushana Mulberet, it's going to be not on a Wednesday. If we're going to start on a Sunday at exactly 0000, it's going to be on a Thursday. It's going to be, make the calculation, you'll come out in the week ahead, you'll come out, Ulushana Mulberet, hey, five days, Thursday, Chaf Aleph, 21 hours, and Tof Kuf Peites, which is. 589 Chalakim. Now, let's make the next step. Very good. Whenever the Moilid is, whenever. Whether it's early in the day, late in the day, it's two hours in the day, five hours in the day, ideally, that is the day of Rosh Hashanah. So, Rosh Hashanah in a regular year should really be four days later than last year's Rosh Hashanah. If last year's Rosh Hashanah was on a Sunday, assuming, I'm making with the big assumption, that last year's Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah was on the same day as the Moilat, was on the day of the Moilat, and now we make the calculations, the Shana Pshut, a lot of, a lot of givens. First year Rosh Hashanah was on the day of its Moilat. It wasn't pushed away. And the, this year is a year of 12 months. The following year, Rosh Hashanah is going to be, the Moila will be on a Wednesday. So we're going to make Rosh Hashanah on a Wednesday. Ach! But, here are many exceptions. Yesh, Arba Dechiyos. There are four reasons why, why we would not make the next Rosh Hashanah on the time when the Moila falls. Ha'achas! Number one, let's say the year that the mother falls, the following year when the mother falls, it happens to be a Sunday, a Wednesday, or a Friday. I just keep telling you Wednesday, that's just my example. Let's say it is really a Wednesday or a Friday. No, that's the rule. Lo adurosh, because of Hashanah Rabbah, because of Yom Kippur. Look, what are you going to do? You're going to push it off one more day. You're going to push it off instead of Sunday. You're going to push it. You always go forward. You never go backwards. So you're going to go. It's going to fall on a Sunday. Make it Monday, it falls on a Wednesday, make it on a Thursday, it falls on a Friday, make it on a Shabbos, Lachain, Imchol Roshana, Biachan, Adu, Doichin, Esoliyam, Shalacharov. Next, that's rule number one. Rule number two, the Ashenis. Moilad Zokain Bal Tidrosh. Don't seek an old Moilad. We don't like old 
Molats. We only like young, youth. Keep it young. Going. Let's say it's a Tuesday. Tuesday is a kosher day. But it's on a Tuesday. Oh, it's, it's after 18 hours. 18 hours past the day. That is already too late. I'm not sure exactly why. I don't know why. That's it. Then you got to push it. Even if it's on a day that's a kosher day, if it's too late into the day, it's already 18 hours. It's, it's, it's already 12 o'clock. Past 12, 12 o'clock is called 18 hours. Right? Is that correct? No. Yeah, six, six to days. six to twelve, right? Six, six. So twelve, twelve o'clock is eighteen hours. Okay, that's number three. That's number that was number two. Number that was that was rule number three. Vikhain is another rule. Let's say it's on a Tuesday. There's another exception. If it's so the other case I give you is that one is on a Tuesday. If it was on a Monday or a Shabbos or lo adurosh. So we only have we have four other days left. We have Monday, let's a Thursday, Shabbos, and a Tuesday. Let's leave out because Tuesday is going to have another exception. And if it's a Tuesday, Mechal Molat Tishrei Gimel. Oh, when it comes to Tuesday, then even if it's not a zokin, even a youngster, even a youngster, we're not going to be so generous. What's why Gimel? If it's going to be tests, if it's already even nine hours, normally on a, on a Monday or a Thursday or a Shabbos, we allow, we'll allow it to be Rosh Hashanah as long as the Moilet occurs before 18 hours into the day. But when it comes to Tuesday, we're not going to allow Rosh Hashanah to be on a Tuesday if the Molad comes even nine hours into the day. Gimel, that gives a Gimel, if it's test, nine hours. Reish Dalit, 204 Chalakim. Umimenu Ulamala, that's already too late. That's another exception. That's exception number three. So then, well, look, you can't have it on a Tuesday because it's, it's past nine hours and 204 halakim. So push it to Wednesday. It can't be on a Wednesday. So when is it going to be? Then it's going to be on a Thursday. Now, when do we, there's an exception to this rule. When are we makbid that if after nine hours we push it away, that stavka kishashana shaavra hoisa peshuta? The past year only had twelve months. Avlam hoisa muberes. But let's say it was muberes. Let's say the past year was thirteen. Azai imchal hamoylad beis tesvav. The molo was chal on a Monday. Even 15 hours, Tov Kuf Peites, Yom Sheni, Chamesh Eshashos, Vchamesh Meos, Shashmonim, Tisha Chalakim, 509 Chalakim, 589, 589 Chalakim, 589 Chalakim, Tov Kuf is 589 Chalakim, Umishon Lahalon, Ein Then we have a different set of rules. If the past year was a Shanum Uberis, so instead of focusing on the Tuesday, let's focus on the Monday. And if the Monday is past 15 hours and 589 Chalakim, then we're not going to establish the Roshana on a Monday, but we're going to push it to a Tuesday. So, 
those are the four rules. The four basic rules again are, the first thing is, loy adurosh. Number two, even if it's one of the kosher days, if it's moilat zokein, abal tidresh. Any other of the kosher days, if it's past 18 hours, nope, next day. Then, there's another exception. There's a Tuesday and there's a Monday rule. The Tuesday rule is when the year is when the year is apshana, the past year was shana pshuta. The past year was shana pshuta after nine hours and change. No, push it off. We gotta push it off two days. And if the past year was a shana muberes, then there's a Monday rule. If it's past fifteen hours into the day and tough kuf pei tes chalakim five hundred and eighty nine chalakim, you gotta push it off until Tuesday. Okay, so those are that's one four rules. This is as far as establishing. Calendar. Now let's go to the next paragraph. Now that we've gone through this process, we know exactly We know exactly when we Rosh Hashanah Okay, we made the calculation of the of the Moilad for twelve months, thirty months. So we now figured out exactly when Rosh Hashanah is going to be. Now we can work backwards. Is this year going to be Mole or Chaser? Now we can figure out After we figure out this year's Moilid and next year's Moilid and we've done all these calculations and now we know well this year Rosh Hashanah was on a Monday and next year it's going to be on a Shabbos How many days are there in between the two? We can now figure out this year will it be called a Choser? Will it be called a Mole? Or will it be called Kisidron? So these are the steps. Again, we first figure out this year's Moilid, we figure out next year's Moilid. After we know when next year's Moilid is, we follow the four sets of rules. If we can establish Rosh Hashanah on that particular day, if it's a good day, yes. If it violates one of the four rules, we have to push it off one or two more days. And now we know exactly which day of the week is Rosh Hashanah. Now comes the next step. What day of the week is this year's Rosh Hashanah? And what day of the week is next year's Rosh Hashanah? And depending on the number of days in between this year's Rosh Hashanah, next year's Rosh Hashanah, we will know in this year how to deal with the two variable months of Kislev and Hevis. Will they be Choser, Mole, or Kisidran? In Yesh Benayim, the second line of this paragraph, in Yesh Benayim, Shnei Yamim, third line now, it is between them two days, Kigoyim. If everything is done and done, this year's Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos. And next year's Rosh Hashanah is going to be, don't worry about it, it's on the third, fourth line in this paragraph. And Rosh Hashanah, so there are two days in between Shabbos, in between Shabbos and Tuesday, there are two days. Two days means both Kislev and Teves are 29 days. What's an example? is on a Tuesday. So in between Tuesday and Shams we have four complete days. Wednesday, we have three days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three empty days sandwiched between this year's Rosh Hashanah, which is Tuesday, and next year's Rosh Hashanah, which is Shabbos. Then Tia Kisidron, when there are exactly three empty days between this year's Rosh Hashanah and next year's Rosh Hashanah, that is called Kisidron. Ve'im Arba Yamim, there are four empty days in between this year's Rosh Hashanah and next year. For example, going, She Rosh Hashanah Zebiyom Zayin, this year's Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos. Ve'Rosh Hashanah Habab Biyom Hey, and the following year is on a Wednesday. So we have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four days in between. Uh, wait, 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 uh, 
the Yom, it's Sunday, Monday. So we have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four empty days in between Shabbos and Yom Hay and Thursday. What happens if it's a leap year? What are the rules then as far as Shaseru Shleiman Mukasidran? Oz, 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 Im Yesh Beinayim Arba Yamim, new set of rules. If it's a leap year. It's going to be a leap year. We're going to have uh, 13 months. Then the rules are, if there are four days, he chasera. Vim chanisha yamim, he kisidra. Vim shisha yamim, he shalema. Then everything is padded up. Four, five, six. Four is like two. Five is like three. And six is like, is like four. The im fine. That concludes the whole calendar. And then he says something very, very funny. Chavetz Chaim has a sense of humor. He says, "Im If you don't like everything that I've told you, you don't like what we spent the last two days on. All these paragraphs. So there's a calendar. Look in the tour. He already did it for you. <laughs> He already did it for you, so... So you don't have to worry. Just look in the calendar and they'll tell you. Just hope the calendar is right. It happens. You know, they make mistakes in the calendar also. Ezra, even Ezra's Torah calendar, made, this list, they made a very big mistake with Hanukkah. They told you to lay in the wrong, uh, the wrong laughter once. Everyone makes mistakes. In Tzadik Ba'aris HaShayas HaToyev Lo so all these mistakes. Really? They sent out a notice a week later to everybody. Wow. That's a very. No, that's a very. I use it all the years. The calendar for the for the shul. So good calendar. Okay. So everyone makes mistakes. What about the parshios? When do we lay Tashir Mitzvah? When do we lay Achrein Mois Kedoshim? When do we lay Bukhukas Bolach? When do we lay Matas Masay? So we have to go to Mr. Weiss. Mr. Weiss will tell us. <laughs> He's a Bucky in these things, but uh, these are brought down. We learned some of them, some of them we discussed, and some of them are found elsewhere in other parts of Archaim. Uh, is the Klolim for how we break up the parashos is a separate Indian in and of itself. Next thing, this is very much no When is the Tkufa of, of Teves? Anyone know? I don't know. I'm not into this. Mr. Mustam is not here. The Kufa Tkufa is Teves. Mr. Nussbaum. The Tukufa is January. Mr. Nussbaum. When is Tukufa Teves this year? January 7th. January 7th. When is... Wh- no, that's December. What? January 6th. Or 6th or something like that. Okay, 5th, 6th or 7th. Let's see. 
the tkufa, what's the we love? We won't spend the time on this. What about the tkufa? All of the water that's exposed or the tkufa has to be poured out. It's sakon. Then we have we have this. We don't follow this minute today. Because if there's bars in the water, we're okay. So if you're in a building that has barzel with soimech, that the building, the pipes and the building of their barzel automatically takes away the problem of the tkufa. It's sakana. The zman of tkufa, the change of seasons. Any water that's any water that's exposed at that moment in time has to be poured out. Tkufa nimsheches mechaverta tishim v'echad yamim ninety one days and change and that's why every year the tkufa every year every tkufa is always a different. He does what do you say? What do you say? Ten? What do you say? Ten? What do you say? Ten thirty. Every always changing by half an hour. Tishim v'echad yamim sheva and ninety one days plus. Seven hours, umerza, and a half, seven and a half hours. So you always, it's not an even number. So you're always rotating, it's always going to be a different time, the four tkubas of the year. Now, the tish of yechad yoim heim shloish al-shuas. 91 days is exactly 13 weeks, which means bar mitzvah. Every tkufa is a new bar mitzvah. Okay, all the tkufas, they become, they mature. It's an interesting idea. That just like in a person becomes bar mitzvah when he's 13 years old, the year matures after 13. After 13, that's it, it's over. You've reached your maturity. Now we start a new tkufa, fall, winter, spring, summer. We go through these... These kufas, thirteen weeks. not just thirteen weeks. You have change. You have seven and a half hours. Derech Marshall in Tkufas Tishrei. If Tkufas Tishrei, the fall that we call the fall begins beyond Sheni, begins on a Monday. Ches eight hours bow. Tishrei beyond Sheni. Ches bow on the eighth day of of Tishrei. The eighth day of Tishrei. So now make the calculation Azai, Tkufas Teves, what we're calling now. Damkain Biyom Sheni, it's going to be on a Monday because it's exactly, exactly 13 weeks later. Sha'achar Chespo, after the eighth day of Sha'achar Chespo, after, uh, no, 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 Chomesh uh, Esrei Shos. I don't know what this means, I'm confused. What do you mean, what's the Ches? In Tkufas Tishrei, Biyom Sheni, on a Monday, Ches Bo. What that means, the eighth day of the month? No. Biyom Sheni, what's Ches? What's the Ches? What? Biyom Sheni? What's Ches Bo? The eighth day of the month? In Tkufas Tishrei, Biyom Sheni, on a Monday, Ches Bo. Of the month? Sheva Shosumerza, which is the kufa that begins on seven, it begins exactly seven hours. So now calculate, it's going to be 15 hours. Azai, to kufas teve, skam came biyom sheni, will also fall on a Monday. 13 weeks later, will be sha'achar chespo. After, but that's not exactly, it's going to be, it's going to be exactly uh, 13. Sha'achar chespo, chomesh esre shos. will be 15 hours into the day because since we started with seven and a half, since we did start seven and a half hours, so when you add seven and a half or seven and a half, so you get 15, 15, 15 hours. And it's going to be after the eighth. Sha'achar chespo. What do you mean after the eighth? So 13 is not divisible by uh, 13 weeks. So you're coming now to the 14th week. 
So I'm not exactly sure what it means, Ches. Okay, we'll leave that out. I'm not sure what it means, Chespo. Utkufas Nisan, Biyom Sheni, Sha'achar, Sha'achar, Chespo, Eshimushtan, in another seven and a half hours. Just go 13 weeks ahead, plus seven and a half hours, which will take you in the day, if we start at 15 hours, 15 hours plus seven and a half hours takes us to 22 hours and a half. And now in another in another seventy hours, with Kufas Tamus Biom Gimel Sheshos, then then it's going to be six hours into the day because when you go take twenty two and a half and you add seven and a half, you're going overboard twenty four hours well, twenty four hours in the day. When you add the halves, you're now going to come to exactly six hours, thirteen weeks later, plus six hours into that next day. The chain loilam. So basically, just a very simple calculation that we start off every tkufa is exactly nine, uh, ninety-one days, which is thirteen weeks plus seven and a half hours later than the previous tkufa. Vida. Now, what about leap years? What, when are the leap years? There's a general rule. There's a 19-year cycle. Shabuchol Machzor Yesh Tisha Esrei Shana. There are 19 years, and Rishnas Gimel Vav Ches Yud Aleph Yud Dalad Yud Zayin Yud Tes Hey Mubaros, and those years are leap years. So this is the basic gist of make, calculating the calendar. It's very interesting. I just want to point out one little thing about Chanukah. We mentioned. We mentioned here that Hanukkah sometimes falls out. Hanukkah is very unique. Yom, the Hanukkah passes through a month that sometimes is chaser, sometimes is mal. You don't have to buy any other Yom. Every other Yom only is within the month itself. It's a bizarre thing in the Chochlal that the holiday spans two months. And in addition to it spanning two months, also spanning a month that's a variable month. Because Kislev can sometimes be chaser, can sometimes be mal. Which means that the list of Hanukkah sometimes, could sometimes be, can be the... the the second day of Teves and it can sometimes be the third day of Teves I saw one of the sort of very fascinating idea of why do we celebrate eight days of Hanukkah now we, we are so familiar that the miracle took eight days now there's the famous question of the Beis that the only should really have been seven days so one of the fascinating answers given this is a real there's a lot of, a lot of depth in this answer is that the Torah emphasizes the end of the holiday. We find this by Sukkot and by Pesach. It tells you exactly when the holiday begins and it tells you when it ends. And we don't need a Torah. You'll eat matzah until this day of the month. It tells you exactly when the holiday ends. We don't need the Torah to tell us the calendar date. We can figure it out on our own. Why does the Torah emphasize the end of the holiday? Both by Sukkot and by Pesach. So the Farshim learned from this that there's a very great significance in the end of the holiday. That there's a certain Kiddusha in the calendar of the holiday. Therefore, the truth is, Hanukkah was only meant to be celebrated seven days. But the year that Hanukkah, the miracle, occurred, the miracle was seven days. And when did it end? It was, it was a month that was, that was, that was Molay. And being that it being that it was I'm getting so being that it was mole, when did the holiday it was mole? So when did the holiday end? The holiday ended on the second day of it was a seven day holiday. Let's get I'm getting my calculation wrong. Okay, it, whatever we'll make the calculation later. But the point is that the holiday was celebrated in the month where. 
that day would not always occur in the following years if it was a different calendar. For the following years it was Mole. Let's try to figure this out together. This year, this year was Choser, correct? So when did Hanukkah end? On the third day. On the third day. When does when would Hanukkah when would Hanukkah end if the year was was Mole? It would end on the second day. Because you have one more day in the calendar. That means that the third day of Hanukkah sometimes is not celebrated. Sometimes not celebrated. If Hanukkah was only a seven day holiday, what would that mean? That sometimes Hanukkah would end on the first day of Teves. And sometimes would end on the second day of Teves. In the year that Hanukkah occurred, it was the year that was that that was uh, it ended on the second day. It was only a seven-day holiday. The miracle was only for seven days. It was not like the base shows. So the miracle was only for seven because the last day is not significant because the last day the oil can burn by itself. You know, the last day the oil was left over. So the last day the oil burnt. Let me just step back. What, 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 if you were to assume that the base Joseph is correct. It's an important point. And the miracle of Hanukkah is only seven days because there was enough oil to last for one day. Which day was not a miracle? You have oil. And the oil can only last one day. And the oil miraculously lasts for eight days. So one day, there was no need for the miracle. Because, so which day was the miracle? The day that was not the miracle. So everyone tells you, though, the first day. Because the first day, everything was fine and good. That's not, it's just the opposite. The first day the oil didn't burn. When did the oil burn down to nothing? The last day was the day that was not, the, that was not needed for the miracle. The first day they put oil in the container and the first day the oil didn't burn. The oil, when the day was over, the oil was left full in the container, in, in, in the air. What happened on the eighth day of Hanukkah? It burned down to the very end. So there was and now on the ninth day they already had new oil. They already brought new oil from the oil. So when 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 the Beis have asked the question that we do not need to celebrate the holiday for eight days, we only celebrate the holiday for seven days because one day was not necessary. One day was enough oil to last for one day. Which day would you knock out? Knock out the last day of Hanukkah because the first day was a miracle. Because if there was no miracle on the first day, there wouldn't be a second day. We needed the oil to, to miraculously survive the first day so we could have a miracle on the second day. But we got through seven days. We made it. Now, on day eight, the oil burnt Kedarkai. No miracle was necessary. In fact, no miracle happened. The oil burnt down. So the question of the Beis Yosef is we don't need to celebrate the eighth day of Hanukkah. So the eighth day of Hanukkah, let's assume, is not necessarily a miracle. It's not, it's make-believe it's not a miracle. Let's, let's make, rewrite history. It's not a holiday. So the seventh day was the last day of Hanukkah. What was the calendar date of the last day of Hanukkah in the year when Hanukkah, when the year when Hanukkah occurred? It was, it was the, the second day of Teves. Why was the second day of Teves? Because that year, check back in your calendar books, that year was Choser. So the end of the miracle took place on the second day of Teves. And the Torah is very makbid 
on emphasizing the end of the miracle. Because the Torah explicitly tells us that you shall eat matzah until the end and tells us the calendar date of the last day of Pesach. They said at the end, now we want to commemorate the miracle. Okay, we're going to have a seven-day miracle. And now, the following year, guess what? It's mole. So when does Hanukkah end? Hanukkah ends on the first day of Teves. But wait a minute, last year we ended Hanukkah on the second day of Teves. Why this year are we ending Hanukkah on the first day of Teves? Because this year it's mole. We only have to celebrate Hanukkah for seven days. Last year it was chaser, this year it's mole. Okay, very good. Very good. You're celebrating Hanukkah for seven days because the miracle was only seven days. The eighth day was not a miracle. But there's still a significance in the calendar date of the miracle. And since some years it's mole, some years a chaser, we're going to lose the last day of that significant day in the calendar. Therefore, Chazal had no choice but to enact Loi Pluk. This the miracle should be celebrated for eight days. So when you celebrate the miracle of Hanukkah for eight days, you're guaranteed that you will at least celebrate Hanukkah on the second day of Teves. Some years you get a bonus, you'll celebrate Hanukkah on the third day of Teves. But you can be Moisef. But don't be Gorea from the calendar release that that day of Hanukkah, that second day, uh, that second day, so the, and the miracle was padded to an eighth day to guarantee that we celebrate Hanukkah on the on the second day of Teves. What? Where do you, where do you learn that uh, it didn't burn any oil? Okay, that's another issue. You, you can learn all the many things you can say. You're right. These are making assumptions. You're right, you're right. And they, they stop it on the eighth day as well. You every burden every day a little bit, a small amount. There are many But this is with one approach. This is a given. You're right. This is, we're making we're making assumptions. A very basic idea. Basic is kash is the most famous question discussed in the laws of Hanukkah. Why eight days? One day is not a miracle. Okay, I accept. One day is not a miracle. Which day is not the miracle? So the simplest understanding without any is the last day is not the miracle. You ask a child in Chayda, they'll tell you the first day is not the miracle. That's not correct. The last day is not the day of Hanukkah because the first day, it couldn't be a second day if nothing happened the first day. When was there no miracle? The eighth day. When was the eighth day of the year? So the eighth day is not a miracle. So when's really the end of Hanukkah? The seventh day. What is the calendar day for the seventh day? Well, in the year of Hanukkah, it was the second day of Teves. If we're going to create a holiday that has only seven days, and the month of Kislev is a variable month, so it can very well be that the last day of Hanukkah, the seventh day of Hanukkah, will be on the first day of Teves. We're denying the calendar day of the second day of Teves from its rightful celebration. To guarantee you'll always have a second day of Teves to celebrate Hanukkah, we're going to make Hanukkah eight days of Hanukkah. And that way Hanukkah will end either on the second day of Teves, or on the third day of Teves. But you're always guaranteed to have a second day of Teves. It's a very fascinating approach to understand why the eight days of Hanukkah and how it fits in with this what we've just learned in the Mishtabur that we have over here the two very months. Okay, today we should really make a party for the whole Klal Yisrael. It's a very big simcha to finish Chilag Dalit and uh, I thank you personally. If not for you, I definitely would not have learned this. And it's, it's no light matters. Nothing. And we have to reserve a day 
to celebrate. We want to incorporate the celebration of finishing this chilek of the laws of Hilchah Shabbos, Hilchah Ervin, and Erit Chumin, the laws of Rosh Chodesh, Kirish Levana, and some of the extra fascinating things that came from Dirshu. It's a very great simcha. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. And what we're going to do is tomorrow, okay, so what we're going to do is, this is what I want to try to do. Uh, we have over here. Let me now. It's interesting that Rabbi Bruin's son was recently nifter. Rabbi Bruin, his son, the person who wrote this, this is called Sha'adim Mitzvah Mehalacha. It was written by a rav in the neighborhood of Shlomo Zalman Bruin. He was nifter about 10, 15 years ago. This past Mitzvah Shabbos, his son was nifter. His son took over his stella and the had a in his shul. And um, over here on Avenue, in the neighborhood, on uh, 14th Street, I think it is. I'm not exactly sure. 13th Street between the King's Soon and near King's Highway. Now, what I like about... What I like about the Shadim Yisrael is four volumes. What I like about this very, is, is that it's very similar in a way to what Dershu has done to the Mishnah Bura. Just like Dershu has supplemented the Mishnah Bura with modern day questions, modern day issues, he has taken the Kitta Shulchan Aruch and he has supplemented it with some beautiful things, beautiful lumbish things, insights, and Kitta uh, <coughs> by itself is a fascinating movie because it's, it's, it's a, we can cover a lot of ground, touch upon all the basic Yisuds without going into too much detail, plus his elaboration is just beautiful. This particular set, it's four volumes, is out of print. Nowhere to be found anywhere. I checked it out. However, it's available online for free on HebrewBooks.org but I think in an earlier edition I brought, I brought what I was able to download and print <coughs> to compare it because I don't even have one of these it's an earlier edition because what he has done is he, re- he redid this a few times and um, he put what's called in Kuntris Acharon it's like an addition to the edition <laughs> So he, ha- but but and what they have online for free is the older edition. Now the copyright expired, and they would not be permitted to post this online here at org unless this was legally permitted. Which which what? They have permission to do so, and they've done so, and it's available to download. And and um, so what I'm going to go to do now. I'm not exactly sure this is going to work out. I may, maybe this won't be properly put. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to print for everyone the first couple of simanim, and we'll learn the kids shulchan together inside with this shalim and the halacha, and we'll see how it goes. And also, I, 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 if I have time, I, I'll try very hard to supplement to use the kitzur as 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 a base for two other svar. There are two other fastenings from Dirshu on Mishnah Bura, but not, I'm not going to learn inside, but in Chelek Aleph. I mean, to match up whatever it says in the Shulkitzah Shulchan Aruch with the Mishnah Bura, and then on the side of the page of that Mishnah Bura, there are some very interesting things that Dirshu has presented, plus um, Piskei Chuvis. So, the combination of learning Kitzah Shulchan Aruch inside, with learning inside Shara Mitzvah Mahalacha, and I'll try to supplement it with some of the more interesting things from the Piskei Chuvis and the Dirshu. Perhaps will be an interesting limud of Halacha. So, Mircham, tomorrow I'll bring in for everyone, like, I guess, the first couple of Simonim, like, just like this, exactly like this. And um, we'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. Okay? Yeah, today. Today, we have to, I'll take a little break. Take a little bit for a few minutes.